Hey, this is Romy. And this is Aaron. Thanks for listening to our podcast where we talk all about relationships. Ladies, how guys can break your bed, not your heart. How to attract that partner of your dreams. And heal from the wounds that past relationships have left us with. It's going to be hot. And funny. With real stories to help you get your questions answered. Let's go for a ride. It's episode 39, guys. Romy's looking right at the screen like, what's going on? No, it says episode 39, podcast sexes, sex. What does it say? S-E-S-S-S. Oh, yeah. So I don't we know. use a software program that has like, you know, if you have like a Microsoft Word file, it says doc. I was like, what are we talking about today? So we oh. have an Adobe program that, yeah, says something. It's I thought it was the um, sex, yeah. Title. I was like, oh no. No, we already this, covered we're that going one. There. <laughs> Hi, Aaron. Hi. How's it going? We're gonna talk about wide open spaces. Right? Oh. Right. Listen, Aaron's been practicing singing lessons. I have not been practicing singing. I've been practicing like going. The vocals. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, though. So since I've known Aaron, he sings very, very good, and will never sing with me. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I'm going to die before he sings with me, and Not it's like true. my only wish. Not true. As your friend, mm. to sing sings a duet me. with you. Okay. Right? Yep. Like, why wouldn't we? You're fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. You are too, and it would be great. It will be it's, great. It will be great. I'm super <laughs> proud of you, though. Yeah. Yeah. He it, started doing some singing lessons, like, right? Yeah, it's been like. And, like, warm-ups and stuff like that again, like, making a priority. It is. So that we could do this because yeah. my birthday's coming up. Oh, shoot. And that's what I want. That'd be awesome. So, good. I'll be in shape by then. That, that's the thing, guys. I don't, this is off in left field, but singing, it's like any other muscle, you know, in your yeah. body. Like, for me, I've been going to PT, <laughs> like physical therapy for my yeah. voice for probably the last two months. And, yeah, it's going to probably take another three months of reconditioning to get back. No, it will not. It can. You do it every day. I know. It will not take you three months. To get where I want it to be? Yeah, it will. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're underestimating yourself. Oh, it's But it's now I want to walk up to a guy and be like, nice vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm usually a bicep chick, but That'll nice vocals. Vocal cords <laughs> <laughs> we are so getting off track here. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, number 39. Yeah, that's right. We couldn't be happier doing this, right? Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? Well, let's kick yeah. off with your adventure. You had an adventure that came up, right? Oh, shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this weekend, I got the um, opportunity. Of a lifetime. No, just an opportunity, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, To actually build some different skills or to use skills that I've been working on in a relationship, Mm. okay? And to see, are we uh, passing or failing? Oh. And so that's cool. That's the coolest part, and that's the whole lesson here, right? Okay. So I went to Texas for a wedding. Mm -hmm. Kicker is, uh, I dated this guy for a couple years. I've talked about him before, Mm -hmm. and... He doesn't have a nickname. We've never nicknamed mm. him. And since there's so many guys that I talk about all the time, I just realized, well, slow it down, yeah. slow it down, right? He needs a little nickname. But anyway, we'll so I dated him for two years. And um, he invited me to a wedding. Yeah. He was in the wedding with his best friend in mm. Texas. I was going to say, he's in the wedding. It's his wedding? No. I know. But I was just like, so we're going to Texas. Yeah. And I said, yes, okay. And... um. The last trip that we took was to my brother's house in North Dakota. It's been 
over a year. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up like the next week after. <laughs> oh, my god! My brother's very intense, but I didn't <laughs> realize he was losing me dates. Um, but so that trip was not not um, as great, I wouldn't say. Because yeah, I'm a fucking life. diva, man. I really am. I'm not a travel diva, but I realized after this trip, mm-hmm. it was very fast and furious. Like red eye, like come home early Sunday, you know, that's yeah. it. So we weren't there long. But the lesson was, as a travel companion, me and this guy have always gotten along. Uh-huh. That's one of our best things. Like, we are, like, best friends, right? And we that's laugh funny. all the time and stuff like that. But my stomach, because I ate a hockey puck veggie burger, <laughs> was <laughs> nine months pregnant the entire trip. <laughs> and then and then I'm like, <clears throat> and so I literally think, like, it's just getting bigger. I, I'm getting flushed of heat down the thing. Anyway, oh, I'm just getting sucks. more and more sick, like kind of food poisoning, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And this is like before the first plane ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had layovers and everything. And I just thought, oh, my God. So the whole night I'm just in all this pain and my stomach's huge and I want to vomit on the plane and stuff. And mm. I'm like, and I'm still laughing, giggling. But anyway, so he messages me today and he says, I had so much fun on that trip. Mm-hmm with you and I said I did too like we were laughing in the face of adversity you know you get to the rental car company the check engine lights on and it's like seven in the morning because it's a red eye the wedding starting at 12 he's got to be there at 10 30 fast and furious okay yeah and I just think I used to love adventure like that Mm -hmm. and now that I'm older like I don't handle adventure as well Mm -hmm. I like structure and stuff I'll admit it yeah but to laugh in the face of all the adversity, cards declining for no reason, you know, <laughs> um, just rental cars. And the lesson to learn here was um, basically don't all, I always made myself first in the relationship when we mm-hmm. dated. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ever about him. Mm-hmm. We would go to karaoke. We would go do stuff. And everyone's like, you're so beautiful. You sing so good, mm-hmm. you know. I never stopped to ask, so it finally clicked. I never stopped to ask him, what do you need? Mm. What can I do for you? Right. And I realized, like, man, I had some serious, like, subconscious narcissistic behavior Mm -hmm. because everyone builds me up all the time, and I think it's all about me. Mm. And this is not the first time I've thought it or been told that. Mm. And so it's kind of awesome. This trip was a really cool way to see where I'm at with that gauging it Mm -hmm. and the whole trip even though my stomach's gonna explode I'm puke on the plane (laughs) you know dudes farting on me on the plane (laughs) not this guy but somebody else on the plane (laughs) we're just laughing just take some Pepto-Bismol and roll you know and I've never been able to roll with much Aaron Mm -hmm. and so I go pre-divorce structure everything yeah after control is imaginary Mm -hmm. right so Really cool trip, even though tons of weird crap happened, (laughs) but because I was, um, I surrendered, Mm -hmm. like you always say. Mm -hmm. I I was in full surrender of life, and I let this experience happen, (laughs) and you just laugh in the face of adversity because you can't control shit, right? So that was awesome, and we had a great time, and no, we're not back together. Um, That's not what the trip was about. Right. So, but I remembered why I've always cared about him very much. 
And I went because I know the best friend mm-hmm. really well, obviously, after dating him for so long, yeah. right? And so what a great time. And Texas is cool. And Aaron just wants to say it, so go ahead. What? <laughs> you say it. <laughs> I have a whole other story I'm ready to oh, share. Oh, I thought he was going to say everything's bigger in Texas. I was waiting oh. for his cheesy dad <laughs> shit. <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas. But somebody did tell me yesterday. We talked yeah. about this. Somebody told me yesterday. Um, no, it was today. Sorry. Uh, I was at the vet with my bulldog. Uh-huh. He's having some whatever. We're going to take care of it. And this lady says, yeah, I'm so sorry that you're dating. Like, I'm married, but I'm so sorry about that. And hmm. she goes, you know, dating's like parking spots. They're either all taken or they're handicapped. And I was like, oh, my God, did she just say Wide that? Wide open space. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're all dreaming of. Right? <laughs> but it literally brought, I was like, well, I don't know. I've only dated one handicapped guy, actually. Right? Oh, that's right. I have. Literally. So yeah. when she said that, I was like, how did you know? <laughs> all right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. If he wasn't a dick, I'd probably still be with him. Um. But then when she said that, I literally was like, no, it's much deeper than this. Mm. And here's where I'm going to have you help me. Because when she said that, for some reason, it triggered in my mind. This is not something we haven't covered before, so I'll make it quick. But you can go deeper with it. But I'm just like, okay, so take take you and me. Mm -hmm. Let's say we're hypothetically dating. Okay, so I've got my stuff that I'm bringing to this picture, and you've got your stuff you're bringing to this picture. And when I say stuff, it's all of it. Right. Good, bad, all of it, right? Mm -hmm. How are we going to make our stuff work together? Mm -hmm. And that's the truth, right? So that's what everybody's trying to do, and then it either works or it doesn't. Right. So I've actually dated a lot of people that they're not broken. They're not disrupted, okay? They're not whatever, all those titles that people have given them. They're not narcissists. So they either have, and you've had experience with this, they've either had, you know, traumas of their own and things like that that they're still trying to work through. So this is what I'm not understanding, and I think you can clarify a lot of this. Yeah. Holding space for people yeah. when you don't have any emotional space, uh, but still respecting somebody else, mm-hmm. right? When does it work or not? Mm-hmm. When should you call it or not? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a whole big topic, but I hope I'm making sense. When she said the parking lot stuff, I was like, the reason it doesn't work ever is because (laughs) we each bring so much of our own stuff Mm -hmm. and life experience Mm -hmm. at this age. Mm -hmm. So dating in our 40s is very complex, Mm -hmm. right? And so I almost want to talk about how, how do you manage that? Okay. And how does it end up working when we're uh, when we're both and all, even on dating apps, you get me? I totally do. Feeling, you know, like having all of these complex things that have happened to us in 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now go. Yeah. Right? So that's what I thought of more than, that was a funny parking spot thing. But yeah. gosh, the reason it's not working, I'm just thinking of the last couple people that I've dated. Yeah. The reason it doesn't work is because you're bringing all of this stuff in and I n- am not liking it because of all my stuff. Mm-hmm. And people say, no, you're the most wonderful person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I think, thanks, because mm-hmm. it still didn't work. Right. Why didn't it work? Mm-hmm. And it's not because they don't love you or like you right. at all. And you've had experiences with this, too. Yep. So take it away. That's my whole <laughs> spiel. Okay, guys. Right? <coughs> <coughs> Let's start off. I shaved my beard. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. So. I think the next episode we're going to talk about where else you shaved. Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to share. We have to backtrack now because you've, you've covered so much ground. I know. I felt like I did not do a good job of explaining no, that. No, you did fine. And I'm going to come quickly. back to it. And you can help me refine it when we get there. Okay. But I first want to share a funny experience because you were talking about airplane stuff and feeling nauseous and all that. So I don't know why that I still remember this. I think it has to do with, um, has to do with relationships. So I was newlywed, didn't have a baby yet. And we were on a family trip. So what happened was, is that my ex now, um, we went with her family to Oregon coast Okay. and they had a family reunion out there and whatever. And then my family showed up because we were going to go up to see my grandma up in Seattle. Okay. And so when they got there, we stayed with my family and then we took off. So we're actually driving in the middle of the night and we're in a van. <laughs> oh, I can so feel this funny. I, my younger brother is named Scott. He is the, he is such a good dude. Like he'll give the shirt off his back. Like he's always positive and it's genuine. It's not like toxic positivity at all. He's a great guy anyway, but he always gets nauseous on car rides. Oh. <laughs> And my dad is very stubborn and he's a great guy too, but here's what happened. So my ex and I are sitting in the middle, right? And <laughs> I just feel bad for the people behind us, my sisters, <laughs> but we're, we're going through this, like weaving through the forest in oh, Oregon. Right. And there, he's yeah. feeling nauseous and, and, we know when my brother starts to feel nauseous, like you got to pull off, you've got to pull off the side. And my dad's like, we can just go a little bit further. Scott, can you hold this a little bit longer? And he's, we're like, dad, stop the car, stop the car. And he wouldn't listen. And he just kept driving. Right. <laughs> and we're sitting right next to him and we're like, find a bag, find something. Cause dad's not listening. Right. Yeah. And so literally we had, um, one of those big coolers, like the old style coolers uh-huh. with a flat lid. And he grabbed the lid. He grabbed the lid. And like, and he tried to throw up inside of it. And it was so hard. It came out so hard and fast. It splattered everywhere. Like the sides of the car. <laughs> all over everybody. I really will. And it was just like, if you could just imagine, like no one escaped that. Everybody, even my dad in the front seat, like it went everywhere. And, and I was sitting right next to him. So I got the brunt of it. And um, anyway, <laughs> so we pulled off and I can't remember if he needed to, you know, release anymore or whatever. But um, I just was like, I couldn't move. You know, I'm sitting in the car <laughs> and I'm just like, in my brain, like it was one of those things. Instead of fight or flight, it was like either you cry or you laugh. Yeah. And so immediately I just started laughing, <laughs> just <laughs> laughing hysterically. And I was like, I'm not insane, but I don't know what else to do. And so I'm just laughing. And, you know, the reason I bring that story up as it pertains to parking spaces or just in general of like, what do we do? How right. do we match up in these types of relationships with all the things we're bringing in? Right. The, the thing for me is that like so often – we take what looks and feels and smells <laughs> like garbage and we do not give it a chance to to be air itself out 
essentially. That's we fair. don't give it that space. And so in that, in that situation, I could have slugged my brother. I could have been irate that I have to now sit in what I'm dealing with for another two and a half hours till we get to grandma's house. This poor guy. No one's pulling over and you want to hit him? I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I got it. I was impacted, right? Just like in another relationship. That poor girl, she was cheated on. And so now she has trust issues with men. But yeah. then I'm the guy coming into the relationship and I have to deal with those trust issues? Are you telling me that? That's ridiculous. I, can, I don't want to put up with that. There's no space. And that's what I'm trying to say is that like we're, we're so often not just quick to judge, but we're in a situation that we don't even know. We don't even know the full context of everything. Yeah. Right? Like in that case with my brother, there were warnings given that everybody heard. But I could, I could have done more to tell my dad to stop. I, I could have like slapped him on the head, yeah. whatever it is. But, you know, the, so there's our contribution to it as well. And the, the main takeaway that I do want to point out is like I just, re, you know, mentioned. It's the fact that we are not giving space for the complexity of the relationships that we're in. And it doesn't mean that like when you when you think of going into like a parking lot and all of the good spaces are taken and the only thing is at the very back and it's like filled with trash and like maybe there's a cart in the middle of it or whatever it is. <laughs> no, that's the reality. The, the question is, is that if you want to be in a healthy relationship, you have to show up as a healthy person as much as you can. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that it doesn't come down to have you done all of your inner work to actually be in that relationship. It, it is super helpful. It is super helpful. There's like, there's kind of like each of us have this, like, uh, we want to call it a boundary. We can, but like, there's, there's kind of like this tipping point where it's like you cross that line. It's just like, I can't go back from that. There's just too much, yeah. you know? And like, for instance, for me, like if they're wanting to have kids, that's a, that's a boundary. Like I can't, I'm not going back to having more kids. Most yeah. likely that's just, that's what I felt. And so we have those things in place, but I do believe that there are parking spots that will come available if they're not already. The issue is, is that are we willing to wait with our blinkers on? Are we willing to hold space for somebody else? Yeah. Sometimes we have, uh, I don't want to call it baggage, but like sometimes our vehicle or whatever it is, is bigger than that particular space. Yeah. And we're not willing to see that we're actually hurting other people by trying to fit into something that is not going to work. And he's getting all sorts of, Oh yeah. There's tons of analogies. Okay. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> but, but I do, I like it. I do feel like, so I even saw a meme. No, yeah. It was a meme on Facebook and it was this morning. No, it was last night, but, um, it, it basically had these like three, um, puzzle pieces and like two of them, were like basic puzzle pieces. Like you'd see from like a kid's um, 25 piece puzzle or whatever. Yeah. And like they're easily put together, right? They fit, they match. And you talk about when you're 40, it's a lot more complex. The third piece like looked like it was jigsawed out by some like three-year-old and it had like all these little nooks and crannies that like how would any other jigsaw puzzle piece match that one? Right. Because it was so complex. And the reality is, is that there is not, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to keep using these analogies. There is always a person out there that's willing to accept us as we are 
And I truly believe it's not just about soulmates. I believe we have soul contracts with people is if we're open to it. And they could be to help us heal or they could be the people that we create our own lives with. The question is, is are we willing to be open regardless of our baggage and our traumas to look at that? Yeah. And but but the problem that most of us face is as soon as there's a roadblock, as soon as there's someone else that's trying to encroach on that parking spot or whatever it is, we just want to bail. And at the same time, it may not even be that we just want to bail when we're now pissed. We're now pissed because that spot that we thought was just right for us. No, it's not anymore. Oh my gosh. See, very interesting. The last one that I just dated. Yeah. Um, that ghosted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I had asked him several times, like, can you just communicate better with me? Can you, you know, easy, simple things mm-hmm. like just communicate better with me. Right. And he didn't ghost me because I did something wrong. Yeah. He ghosted me because he didn't know what to do. And at least consciously. He didn't ask himself what to do or, <laughs> you know, cause he did care. I know he cared and we have actually talked since Yeah. because I reached out, but um, he didn't, he didn't stop talking to me. He says, I kept like wanting to message, you know, I kept starting texts and then I would delete them, yeah, yeah. starting them, delete them. Yeah. And it was because he didn't know what to do because he was so embarrassed mm. that he prided himself in communication. That was his number one thing that he quote unquote always preached. Right. So he set up an expectation for himself. That yeah. And so I'm like, God, this guy's going to yeah. be really good at communicating. He's never going to be able to meet his own. And then he wasn't like that was ironically the one thing that we yep. were struggling with the whole time. Yep. And so, but I wanted to understand. So this guy wasn't just going to ghost me. Right. And it wasn't out of pride or anger. It was just like, that's not his style. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> so yeah. I messaged him the other day because I thought I don't want to send anyone off with hate right. anymore. Yeah. I only want to end things with love. And he, I said, hey, I just want to tell you, thank you for spending, you know, like four months with me or whatever and being part of my life you mm-hmm. know and I really meant it mm-hmm. and so we've had a couple decent talks then just about what our experience of what happened and what we learned from each other and different things you know mm-hmm. but yeah I literally just kind of thought he couldn't I was I'm just gonna say it I was surprised mm-hmm. not in a good way right how short his emotional fuse was yeah yeah he left so quick. Mm-hmm. I still had plenty of emotional space to hold for him. Right. He left so quick. Yeah. And I was like, I was left feeling like, holy shit. All I did was ask you to like communicate better with me. This is not hard. Right. And it so very, some. very surprised by that. Yeah. But now I understand it better because yeah. like I said, we've talked. But one yeah, of the things I was I surprised w- by the short fuse the of that. Thirst, yeah, hmm. The short emotional fuse. Yeah. I, one of the things we talked about before this podcast that I'll bring up here because I think it aligns great at this segment is how so often we make the assumption that people don't care because they're not reaching out. Oh, you want to talk about that? I was just hurting. Oh, <laughs> Romy, <laughs> got a, Romy got a new tattoo. She'll talk about it at, one, oh. at some point. That's <laughs> just some butterflies, yeah. but they do mean something cool. That's true. Anyway, so what was I was going to say, on my arm. <laughs> what I was going to say is that so often we jump to conclusions that people don't care because they don't communicate or they don't communicate in the way that we want. And so then 
we're left feeling disrespected. We're left feeling like with no closure or whatever it is. You talked about ghosting, but like. I want to talk about that. I know. I mean, you already are. Can I finish? Yes. Awesome. I was excited about it. <laughs> Sorry. So all I wanted to say is just that like, and, and I can bring up a story of my own. I'm, I've been working through with another woman, you know, and not another woman. That sounds bad with a very special person. And so, and I don't know what will happen there at all. But like the, the interesting thing is, is just that so often the patterns that come through this person has been like the way she would say things would be like, well, it took me long. It, it, like, I really wanted to think about what you were saying so I could respond back. I'm like, initial response is like, that's bullshit. That, yeah. No, you're just not making me a priority. And I get it. You ha- you can have all your reasons and they can be legitimate, but it goes right back to the whole baggage thing. It's like all of a sudden I'm making assumptions and I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, regardless of your reason, that's not okay. It's not okay for me to wait for days for you to respond. Yeah. It's not okay for me to just sit there and just be like, okay, one more time. Now I got to wait for you to come back. And that's just the feminine energy. They, they are going to retreat when they, and they feel scared, you know, and you yeah. reach a certain point and then like, depending on how you react, they'll come back. Met. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. And, and so like, for me, all I want to say is, is that that's a very hard place. Like there's, there's communication that we want where people can work through it. But if they're not willing to see their own traumas that are causing it and willing to communicate about what those are, yeah. it's really hard to provide the support. And I think that's the bridge as it pertains to creating space for people. It's easy to say, like, I'm going to hold space for you. But if you don't even know how to support that person, good luck. Because your insecurities, your assumptions, and they're going to be real, are going to drive you insane. And that has been the case for me because, unfortunately, despite me being is considered as I feel like I possibly can. And, you know, at the same time being patient, it's, it's just been like, you, you don't, you're not clear with me. I'm like, I don't know how to communicate this to you. It's just like, be honest. What is driving you to act the way that you are? It's not that you're a bad person. And the reason I'm sharing this, this is dovetails so nicely. There is a woman that I know. I met her at the gym. Okay. (laughs) She wasn't married. But she's a widow, and it's a really sad story. A lot of people here in Utah know the story. Um, and, yeah, she's an, she really is an amazing woman. But today she posted on her Instagram about how she went with her kids. I think it was in Southern California to the beach. I can't – I don't know exactly. But how she was – like she was reliving all the, the past with her, you know, with her husband that died, you know. She was going to their favorite place and how she was feeling. It was just like super depressed, but she was unwilling to see that she was actually depressed. And so she went and she, she's literally putting this in her Instagram post. And then she said that like a therapist asked her the question, what does it mean to you if you were depressed? And she said, I just started bawling. And now when I think of that, she said, I I'm, I'm bawling now. And so often we're not willing to look at our stuff, the overall picture, because we think that we are now, le- and, and, that, and she said, my response to her was that I am weak. If I am depressed, then I am weak. Yeah. And I think so many of us, we put labels on ourselves and other people, 
And we can't accept the label that we put on other people. So therefore, we can't be that ourselves. That would be horrible. And so as we're talking about creating space, as I'm talking about like having space for other people, we have to make sure that we know what's driving that behavior. We can't get the support. They can't show up for us. They can't create space for us if they don't know how to support us. And they won't know unless you know. And that means that you have to do the work to understand what that is and be vulnerable. So it's not about having this perfect parking space. It really is about knowing who you are and showing up vulnerably for the other person. There may be things that you can't accept that they bring to the table, and that's okay. But so often I feel like this complexity comes because of the unwillingness to see what it really is for what it is. And I'm done. And I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) He always has such good stuff to say. Thanks. Why would you ever be done? Keep on going. Um, So I took my bulldog to the vet today. Yeah. I took him to the ER because that's just a better vet. I don't Mm. have a vet for him. I've never really had them be sick. They've either had a surgery or nothing. Wow. So rabies shots at the local Mm -hmm. cow ranch and... (laughs) That's it. Do you know? I've been very blessed. Yeah. So took him to the ER. He's having some ear stuff and some weird things, but he's going to be just fine. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but I took him before. I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but I took him before years ago. Yes. And when I was going through all of my trauma, divorce and moving houses and everything. Yeah. And he bit me. Because he was under the anesthesia and on a trazodone pill, mm. which is like a tranquilizer for humans. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to keep him real calm, you know. They're doing their best. But no, he doesn't like that shit. My dog, Diesel, mm-hmm. he is so emotional. <laughs> more than any person I have ever met. <laughs> we're happy. We're sad. Not bipolar. Emotional. Yeah. That's why he loves he masculine energy. He gets it, dude. He likes to feel grounded. He gets it, though. Yeah. He will lick your face if you're crying. He will sit by the baby carriage at Home Depot if the baby's crying. Yeah. You know, and the parents are like, what's he doing? Like, what is he going to do? He's huge. And I was like, no, he's just soaking it in, just taking the pain away. You know? Yeah, I do. So, badass emotional dog. Mm -hmm. One of a kind, Mm -hmm. right? So, I take him in there today. Now, because of what has happened before to me, Took him in for the surgery, took him home, tried to help him. He bit me, right? Yeah. That jacked me up quite good because you don't expect your dog or any dog to, to bite you. Him. That's a traumatic yeah. situation, right? So, and yes, I eventually healed from it. But emotionally, it was still in there. And I thought, I didn't cover it over. You helped me, Aaron. Right. And you were there. Yeah. I didn't sugarcoat this shit. Right. I was like, I'm jacked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need help. Mm-hmm. He might need to be put down. This is a serious situation yeah. that you helped me work through as a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, My ex-husband might need to take him again. Like this was months of questions. Yeah. What should we do? So uh, drove there today. And no matter how much you prepare, you do meditation the night before. <laughs> everything's going to go smooth. You're like, you're just trying to avoid the inevitable. Right. So just stop and just drive. Mm-hmm. And just don't do fake shit. And what I mean by that is I'm talking to him in the back. Like, we're going to get through this, right, buddy? None of that's real. We're going to do a meditation last night, which I do meditations every night. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, we're going to have a calm day tomorrow. 
No, we're not. We're probably going to panic just like you did driving to the damn place that caused the panic before. Yeah. He went in for surgery. I took him home. He bit me. He needed to go back into surgery because they didn't get it all out of his arm. It's yeah. a foxtail thing. And so I just passed out on the damn floor. They had to call the ex-boyfriend to come yeah. and help yeah. <laughs> because I was not going to take him home. I was too traumatized. That all happened years ago. Today, I was feeling the same experience. But in the car, I cried. I couldn't even talk. Like, you know, trying to order, like, a breakfast burrito. Like, oh, my God. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I let it just go. Perspective. I let it go. Yeah. I bawled the entire way there. And I thought, we done? That is so cool. We done? Right? And so, anyway, when I finally got inside, I was able to be pure peace. Yeah. And I told you today, yeah. I just bawled because I was releasing an experience that no longer served me. Mm-hmm. And so just to, you know, piggyback on your story, um, I just want to encourage everyone like I always do on this podcast to just really, really get vulnerable with your feelings and not to, I, I felt that when sh- you just said about her post, what does that mean to you? Exactly. What does that make you? What does that make you? If you have that. or And I just thought that. she's not wrong. how she felt about it Mm -hmm. having depression doesn't make you weak so that concept is wrong but she wasn't wrong right in feeling that way exactly and i've actually met a lot of widows lately like young girls that are widows Mm -hmm. like they buy juice cleanses from me and things like that that's crazy i'm doing an event this weekend um for juice and the owner of the yoga studio is a young widow as well and i thought wow this is that's a lot that's so a lot you know the grieving widows and so i'm so sorry to hear about any of those things that you know lose their husbands at young ages and things that unexpectedly but so (coughs) yeah we have to if your body feels something yeah please just let it be and don't try to fight it ask why is this why am i crying right now I just cried until I didn't want to cry anymore. Right. And then when I showed up, I was like, man, we just released an experience that no longer served. Otherwise, That's it would have awesome. like been repetitious, right? I would have walked in, had the same panic, we're in the same. But no, I walked in there logically. Yeah. And they're probably like, why are you so happy at the ER? <laughs> and I thought, because I know everything's going to be okay. That's right. Everything. Even if it's not, everything still will. Exactly. Do you know? And so, yeah, I just... I just encourage you say stuff so more eloquently, <laughs> but I just encourage people so much. Me and you yeah. do not ever bullshit. No. I will say that about me and you. No. Okay. We've got other areas of work. Who cares? We're not talking about that. We're <laughs> badasses because we absolutely address. And guess what? The reason we do address it sometimes is because we call each other on it. Right. Me and Aaron talk a lot. He's one of my best friends, one Mm -hmm. of my closest confidants. Mm -hmm. So I tell him all sorts of shit, and he (laughs) sees my life in pure glory. Yep. And because of that, he's able to tell me, okay, but I need you to look at it from this way. Mm -hmm. Have you looked at it from this way? Mm -hmm. If I'm in victim mode, he's going to tell me. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing something else, he's going to bring it up. I appreciate friends like that. I'm not offended. I appreciate it because since I've known you, I have grown. Yeah. And people that don't have friends that challenge them, Aaron, 
I don't know how many effing times I told the story about how my ex-husband cheated. And finally, I needed people like you to just be like, we get it, doll. Mm -hmm. Okay? We're going to move on from that victim status, not because it was easy, Mm -hmm. but because we can't still keep living in the same spot after four years. Right? right. Right? Hurtful? Yes. I probably ignored you for a few days, but I get it. (laughs) Right? So I hope all of you have friends that challenge you and that you can trust with challenge because I have grown because of you. If you don't feel a challenge from your friends, they're not your friends, to be honest. Agreed. Like if they don't feel like they can tell you enough. something like. Yeah. 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 Like you're, you're you have to take a that's a blind spotting 101. If you are not feeling challenged by your friends, then you are in a position where you are not that healthy to be honest yeah but i will say this to kind of at least wrap up on my end so we've been talking about how do you fit these puzzle pieces together how do you create space for someone and for me i just hope the big takeaway here is that there is a defining line based on your values of where you need to say no this is not going to work or yes this could work you need to be strong in those values. That requires you to know who you are, all of you, the good and the bad. That means that you have to admit to yourself that you are experiencing depression or that you are anxious, yeah. that, you're, that you're feeling anxious, or that you are dealing with these things. It's not that you are that thing, but you are experiencing that thing. Right. That's important. But like, you will not be able to show up into a relationship as your true self without identifying the things that are trying to attach to you. Like I said, it doesn't mean that you are those things because that's the reality is, is like when, if you don't even know what you're bringing to the table, how is someone else supposed to, you know, not just deal, but like support you through that? It doesn't make any sense. Right? So, like I said, breaking down the complexity requires us to be able to have clarity in terms of who we really are and what we're bringing. So I hope everybody understands that because that will help a ton and you might even get a VIP parking spot by having that. <laughs> Bitch, I'm driving a limo. Okay. <laughs> so you I get the right to the door. That. I love it. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right, guys. Hopefully that gave you some insight. Aaron's always good at that. So Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Romy and Aaron Show. Make sure and follow us on Spotify or Apple to get the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Facebook at Romy Estes Meston. And you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Says. So until the next episode, be kind and use your wise mind. And and save a horse, ride a unicorn. unicorn.